Good morning, everyone. Welcome or welcome back. My name is Chris Bell, and I am president of the North Carolina Council of the Blind. And I hope you had an opportunity to join us last night because we had two outstanding speakers, Kay Coleman and Holly Stiles from the Disability Rights Center of North Carolina. Weren't they terrific? We got a lot of buzz and a lot of good questions. And then on top of that, we had an audio describer from Australia join us. That was so cool. In fact, sometimes the people from uh, down under sound clearer than the people right in the good old US of A and she just sounded great in terms of clarity. So I'd like to take this opportunity uh, to invite Monica to uh, remind us of how to use Zoom webinar. Monica? You want to give us a little uh, reminder here? Sure. Thanks, Chris. Well, to raise your hand, it'll be Alt-Y on your PC, Options-Y with your Mac. If you're using a phone with the keypad, it'll be Star 9. And if you're using an app, it'll be in the middle of your screen. And to mute and unmute, um, you'll see, I will ask you to unmute, and you'll see a ask to unmute on your screen, but you'll see an alt, it'll be alt A on your, on your computer, command shift A on your Mac, star six on your phone with the keypad, and it'll be in the lower left-hand corner of your app. It'll say like, mute or unmute your audio. And if you do raise your hand, my request is that you keep it up and I'll lower it for you. Great. Thanks, Monica. You're welcome, Chris. So um, because this is a virtual meeting uh, and we don't have authority under North Carolina nonprofit law to uh, hold votes when uh, we're uh, not together, uh, we won't be taking any votes today. There'll be no votes for people running for positions or resolutions uh, or anything else. This business meeting <clears throat> will just be a, a, a discussion of uh, what we have done last year. So uh, I'm going to start uh, with the president's message. And um, obviously, we did a lot last year uh, on the advocacy front. I'm uh, not going to say any more about our lawsuit against the State Board of Election because we talked about that yesterday, um, except to say that it, it took a lot of my time uh, to wrangle that together. Now, something else we did in advocacy was we sent four people to the ACP National Legislative Seminar um, and uh, uh, we got to lobby our senators and congresspeople, as is the practice. Um, it's a very intense time, uh, but also before the legislative seminar. If you haven't done it, I certainly uh, recommend uh, that you uh, you think about doing it because you get a lot of education the day before on issues related to blind and low vision folks, even if there are things that we're not uh, actually lobbying on. Um, Another uh, thing that we did in terms of advocacy 
is um, with regard to national industries for the blind nonprofit facilities in North Carolina, um, there, we have quite a few uh, nonprofit NIB related facilities and NIB had sent out guidance on the coronavirus and COVID-19 with instructions to its uh, related facilities to do the kinds of things we've been hearing for the last six months, wear a mask, wash hands, where possible do social distancing. That's not always possible in a manufacturing setup. Um, and to have periodic uh, cleaning of the machines and equipment. Unfortunately, uh, many of the North Carolina facilities uh, were, uh, let's put it this way, late to the party uh, to uh, uh, utilize these methods. And as a result, um, there were several uh, workers who got COVID-19, including one of our members and one of our plaintiffs in our lawsuit, Kenny Durden, who was quite sick. Um, but several other people who weren't members uh, got sick as well in different facilities. So um, <clears throat> I worked with the Disability Rights Center of North Carolina to try to get these uh, state nonprofit facilities that are associated with NIB to do what they needed to do. Uh, and, and they finally more or less got around to it. But um, it was really a shock. These people, our, our folks were working there because these were considered essential jobs and they were working on U.S. Department of Defense contracts. Um, and uh, so hopefully things are, are better now and that uh, workers at the NIB facilities aren't uh, at risk of catching coronavirus or, or at least not at any greater risk than any of us. Uh, on the giving front, um, the state affiliate uh, gave significant sums of money to four food banks, and you heard some reference to that last night. We also gave money to the Governor Moorhead School Foundation to help uh, families of students who had lost uh, significant income as a result of the shutdowns with COVID-19. And um, another thing we did, and this is the boring part, so you can go to sleep now if you want to. Um, I did some work on what I call legal compliance. Um, our governing documents are out of date because they were quite old. And uh, the North Carolina nonprofit law uh, required some changes. And uh, that's uh, still ongoing. We have to revise our articles of incorporation and bylaws to be consistent with state law. And uh, we'll have some votes on that in, in November and February. Um, our treasurer is now bonded. Um, and we had to renew our uh, website uh, SSL security certificate in order uh, for people to feel like they could sign on and not be uh, subjecting themselves to uh, bad people. Um, okay, so that's my message. And then I'd like to invite Lacey to give the secretary's report from last year's convention. Lacey, it's all yours. 
All right. So not only am I your door prize diva, but I am also your secretary for the state chapter. So I'm going to pretty much just read through the minutes from um, last year's convention, um, which was held in Alamance County. And then we can go from there. All right. So um, our meeting date was September 22nd, 2019. The meeting was called to order at 8.40 a.m. by our president, Terry Lewis. He provided a welcome, and we thanked Alamance County Chapter for their help with the convention. Uh, we had Donna Rains return thanks. I gave the secretary's report. Chris Bell made a motion to accept the report, and it was seconded by Tim Snyder. Majority accepted the report. We had a treasurer's report given. Um, we've been really having issues with um, the current treasurer. She has had illnesses that prevented her from completing her job. Things have not been completed as they should, and President Lewis apologizes for this situation. Information was requested to be sent to Jane Farida, which did not happen. Yeah, this is not our current treasurer. This is the past treasurer. Yes, yes. The treasurer in 2019. Yes, that's definitely a good note to make. <laughs> a motion was made to suspend the treasurer's report by Benji Terrell and seconded by Iris Blackwell. Chris questioned how we would get the info that we needed. Uh, President Lewis stated that he would do his best to get what he could from our outgoing president. Um, Lawrence Carter volunteered to go to the home of that treasurer to get as much stuff as he could so that we could provide it to the treasurer that would be elected later in the meeting. Um, Jane has all of the info for what she has done, but is requesting as much info as she can get from the current treasurer to help set up the new treasurer to be the best they can be. Majority agreed to suspend the report. Tim Snyder made a motion that we establish an online access for all NCCB financial accounts. So everyone who needs it can have access. It was seconded by Alan Moore and the majority agreed. President's report was given by our outgoing president, Terry Lewis. Thank yous were given to the membership at large, as well as Linda Lindsay, Dr. Ricky Scott, Lawrence Carter, Tim Snyder and Jane Farida, best luck to the incoming administration. Remember, don't ask what NCCB can do for you, but what you could do for NCCB. That was always Terry's motto. We then had committee reports. Uh, we had the audit committee. President Lewis asked that this committee stay intact until we transition to a new treasurer. Joe Tolliver made a motion to suspend the audit committee report. It was seconded by Alan Moore and all were in favor. Brady Jones committee. Two requests were made, one for $150 for guide dog medical expenses and one for $250 for assistance after a surgery. A suggestion was made to have the application sent to the chair of the committee. Our budget report, President Lewis recommended that we use the 2019 budget as the 2020 budget due to issues with current treasurer. <clears throat> Tim Snyder recommended that we add funding for more local advocacy and legislation. Chris Bell recommended that we broaden the scope of the budget. Chris Bell made a motion that we use the 2019 budget as the 2020 budget. It was seconded by Becky Davidson and all were in favor. Fundraising committee had no report at the time. Investment report, 
the balance as of October 1st of 2018 was $156,224. As of September 13th, 2019, it had risen to $161,984. A full report is available upon request. The Legislative Committee, we attended the 2019 Legislative Seminar. There were three items we advocated for. One was autonomous vehicles, two was accessible medical equipment, such as glucose meter monitors, and three was Medicare experiment that would allow people to be able to purchase assistive devices that contain lenses. The goal is to help people age in place. Um, our membership committee, we currently at the time had 105 members. We should be up to 110 shortly after the convention. We need to reach out to the far west and east parts of the state. Each chapter is encouraged to grow by 20%. Members do not have to be blind. Our nominating committee elections will be held later today, and there was no further report. The policy report, the Rossi Fund, when possible, members should apply for the Rossi Fund for assistance with travel to local and national events. A motion was made by Vicki Burke and seconded by Donald Raines. All were in favor. Public relations report. Conversations have been had about how to improve our presence in the public. Elvira has made an effort to spread the word. Resolution committee had no report. The scholarship report. A recommendation was made that we write the check to the school or the student upon the student's request. This would help them be able to meet educational expenses not covered by the school. It was recommended that we separate the scholarships into individual scholarships. This would make three scholarships. Our state convention report, 2020 convention is recommended to be held in Raleigh, North Carolina. Room rates would have been $82 per night, flat rate. Box lunches were supposed to be $8.95 and the banquet would be $40 per person. A motion was made by Chris Bell and seconded by Joe Tolliver. All were in favor. And as you see, unfortunately that did not happen. That's okay. Our old business chapter, chapter 501c3 updates. There were no updates at the time. Our new business was our election of officers. So our president, um, Chris Bell was running for president. And Tim Snyder made a motion that Chris Bell be elected as president and was seconded by Donna Kramar. All were in favor. Our first vice president is Becky Davidson. Dr. Ricky Scott made a motion to accept Becky Davidson as first vice president, seconded by Chris Bell. Um, those were done that way because there were no opposition. They had no opponents. Um, then we came to our second vice president. We had three individuals running for office and at the time, Elvira, Elvira Bassnott uh, received the majority vote. A motion was made by Lawrence Carter that we stay, like that the candidates stay in the room if they so choose, and it was seconded by Anthony Yellick. Secretary was myself, and a motion was made by Dr. Ricky Scott and seconded by Eric Dixon because no one ran against me. Um, no one <laughs> Yes, that's true. Um, our treasurer um, was Joe Tolliver. Iris Blackwell made a motion that we elect Joe to treasurer, seconded by Donald Raines. Motion carried again. Joe was the only person that really wanted the job. <laughs> um, our members at large, we had 
um, three people that wanted to run for this position, but we only had two positions on the board. Um, the, for the two that ended up winning were Larry Woodard and Kendall Gibbs. Um, we had Article 6 changes. So a motion was made by Joe Tolliver and seconded by Dr. Ricky Scott. All were in favor. And I honestly can't remember what those changes were. Um, These are to our, uh, our, our bylaws. Okay. Article 8 committee motions, I guess responsibilities. A motion was made by Tim Snyder and seconded by Ricky Scott and all were in favor. So our bylaw, um, a motion was made by Alan Moore and seconded by Lawrence Carter. The majority, that was bylaw three, the majority agreed. Bylaw five, motion was made by Tim Snyder and seconded by Alan Moore and approved. Um, to approve the changes, all were in favor. Bylaw 11, Joe Tolliver made a motion and was seconded by Lawrence Carter to accept the amendments. Tim Snyder moves that we amend the amendment by adding that a person must submit the materials at least 60 days before the convention. Seconded by Ricky Scott, all were in favor. Becky Davidson moved to adopt the amended amendment as amended. That's <laughs> There was a second by Anthony Yellich. All were in favor. The duties let me, of let me just uh, let me just add what we did just yes. uh, briefly to summarize is we created a position of assistant treasurer and assistant secretary uh, to uh, help the treasurer and and secretary. So those became board slots, and we added uh, a number of new committees that weren't previously committees like the environmental access committee and the next generation committee and transportation committee and uh, assistive technology committee uh, etc uh, to expand uh, our work and that was all approved and in terms of the nomination process we required that in order for people to be uh, elected to uh, positions at the state level that they had to submit in advance to the nominating committee an application that explained their uh, experiences and, and qualifications as opposed to simply accepting nominations from the floor. So that was the, that was the thrust of those changes. Yes. Thank you, Chris. Um, so the duties of the committee's amendment, which Chris just talked about, a motion was made by Lacey Coward and seconded by Joe, by Joe Tolliver. And that was pretty much the end of um, of our business meeting. We adjourned and everyone parted and went their separate ways. So that concludes well, you, the secretary's report. I appreciate that. Nice job. Thank you. So next up, we have the treasurer's report. And we have two people, uh, the treasurer, Joe Tolliver, and the assistant treasurer, Jane Frieda. Joe, you want to kick it off? Hello, everyone. I can't believe I'm kind of the money lady for NCCB. Um, but I think that over the past year, we've come a long way toward getting all of our banking online and getting the bank to work with us in consolidating some of our funds and 
in making sure that we had access to those funds when we needed them. We switched banks um, and we switched to Wells Fargo and we dragged Jane kicking and screaming so that she now has online access and she has been my assistant through frustration and through um, some points that were not accessible. Um, we had lots and lots of, of work done to make sure that we were ready for this year and that our funds were in order online and accessible for those who would need them. And I would like to thank my assistant treasurer, Jane Farida, for going above and beyond. Um, she doesn't send you anything that needs to be mailed without adding postage to it. And um, she really did a fine job of making certificates um, for our scholarship recipients. And she's very thorough and meticulous, not only about managing her own money, but about helping me to manage the funds of NCCB. And she is going to read the treasurer's report at this point. So, Jane. Good morning, everybody. Okay, the treasurer's report, the asset report. Wells Fargo Special Savings, we have $46,070.62. Wells Fargo Checking, $2,998.69. Brady Jones Memorial Fund, Wells Fargo, $6,403.27. The Fidelity Investment Account, has $119,553. The Fidelity um, Savings Account has $50,439. So we have a total of uh, checking and savings of $225,464.58. Other assets, prepaid insurance, $859.31. Fixed assets, uh, office equipment, we have $1,452.84. Computer software, $531.99. For a total assets of $228,308.72. The profit and loss statement. Income. Miscellaneous income, $200. Convention receipts, we had uh, $2,043.88. Donations, $250. Interest from the um, NCFB. Credit union, $4.37. 
Interest from savings, $70.62. Interest from Brady Jones Fund, $0.14. Cents. Interest from the PNC Money Market Account, $1.19. Total interest was $76.32. Membership dues, we collected $834.08. Now, 330 of those dollars, we had to forward on to ACB because that was their part of the registration. So our part was uh, $504.08. Okay, then um, accounting services, $17.50. Assistance to individuals, and Chris explained that, was $1,250. We had a $10 uh, service charge. Uh, and then the uh, convention expenses was $327.51. Insurance bond, $1,313. ACB membership dues, $330. Legal services, $3,142. Legislative seminar, $3,077.97. Miscellaneous expenses, $139. Scholarships, $1,500. Travel, $103.43. Website expenses, $159.98. Total expenses were $13,570.39. We had um, a net loss of $10,166.11. And that's my treasury report. But I, I just want to thank Joe for those kind words that she said about me. Thank you, Joe. You're so welcome. Thanks very much, uh, Jane and Joe. That was uh, excellent. We really haven't been able to do any fundraising uh, this year because of COVID, or at least in the traditional means of fundraising. But that is something that we will uh, get back to. And uh, as I believe Joe mentioned last night, we did. We haven't received the check yet, but uh, Vanda Pharmaceuticals has donated uh, or is donating one thousand dollars, which is uh, uh, very nice indeed. So uh, our next report uh, is going to come from our conventions. And the first report is going to be our convention committee report. And that will be by that chair, Lawrence Carter. Carter, take it away. Good morning, everybody. Uh, our convention this year is a little different from last year. We are on the phone. This year, our attendance is close to 50 people. I think it's about 48. Um, and I have a hard-working committee, make me look good. It's Joe Tolliver, Lacey Coward, Karen Edison, and the hardest-working one out of the bunch, I'm picking a favorite, Becky Davison. <laughs> I'd like to thank them all for their hard work and 
as we go on to Kendall. the proof of their hard work. Oh, I did leave out Kendall. Please forgive me, Kendall. I know you're listening. I got Lacey in. <laughs> Kendall, Kendall Gibbs, and they're all hard workers, and, and I just say, okay, okay, okay. So we're looking good, and I thank them for their hard work. And there is my report. Thank you, Carter. Sure. Now, we have the report from the Brady Jones Committee, and that committee is chaired by Dr. Ricky Scott, who is not here, but he has written his report and has provided it to Lacey Coward. So, Lacey, do you want to read that? Yes, sir. All right, so we have the Brady Jones committee report. As chairman of the Brady Jones committee, I report that the committee received two applications from two members of NC Council of the Blind. One application requested assistance with a dental medical expense in the amount of $525. The second applicant requested assistance with raising funds for double lung transplant surgery. With respect to the dental medical expense, the Brady Jones committee recommended that the board approve $250 to be provided to the member to reduce the outstanding dental medical expense. The, vo the board voted to approve this $250 expenditure for this member. Regarding the second applicant, while the committee recommended $100 contribution be made to the fundraising effort, it did also request that the board contribute an amount from the general fund that would raise it to $500. The board approved a total of $500 from the Brady Jones Fund be made and an additional $500 from the general fund, bringing the overall total contribution for the double lung transplant surgery to $1,000. In sum, for two members of NCCB, a total of $750 from the Brady Jones Fund was given, one for 250, one for 500, Per NCCB Treasurer, on September 13, 2020, the Brady Jones balance is $6,903.27. Uh, the Governor Moorhead School Foundation contacted me in the spring requesting that NCCB provide support to families of GMS students who have been impacted by COVID. This issue was brought before NCC board, NCCB Board. The board approved providing the Governor Moorhead Foundation a grant of $500 from its general fund to support this effort. Respectfully submitted, Dr. Ricky Scott, Chairman. Thank you, that Lacey. So You're we've welcome. been, uh, I think, uh, quite uh, generous to help our community, as have our chapters, which you will hear about shortly. Um, now, I'm going to give the report of the Investment Committee um, uh, I had chaired it in the, in the past, and I'm a former stockbroker. I guess that's why I did that. But um, as you may recall, uh, after the coronavirus hit uh, seriously in March, uh, the stock market in which we are invested uh, took a plunge. Um, and uh, so the committee felt it was advisable to take about 25% of our assets that were invested in mutual funds, stock mutual funds, and to move that percentage into four-week treasury bills. So four-week treasury bills don't pay much in interest at the time. It was about 
two and a quarter percent on an annualized basis. But um, they renew every four weeks, so you're not subject to much market fluctuation. So that was a, a safety move, and that has worked out all right. And in fact, uh, our roughly $170,000 in investment in savings and fidelity is uh, considerably higher than it was a year ago. So um, that was a positive move. Um, now uh, it is time for our chapter committee reports or chapter uh, reports. And uh, first person, the uh, first chapter is Alamance and uh, President Anthony Ellock, are you there? The Alamance County chapter report. I will say while you're looking that the Alamance chapter is uh, 10 people registered for the convention, which is the record for our chapter. Yeah. So congratulations to y'all. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. That's well, why they're the getting all the door prizes. Yeah. <laughs> We've done a Belts charity, which we raised $1,100. We purchased $100 worth of raffle tickets to support the ACCB um, Braille form. We donated $200 to the Governor Moorhead Foundation for families with blind or visually impaired children and the and financial need due to the COVID-19 virus. We donated $200 to the First Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, where we conduct our members, our meetings at once a month to, um, to participate for use of that truck and for us using their facility to have our meetings. Uh, we have our monthly meetings there. Activities, we pay for Christmas party for each member. Due to the COVID-19, we have not met since uh, February, because we invited Chris Bill to come, but due, due to the COVID-19 virus, we have not met since February. But Yeah, I got scared. I didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be meeting again soon, and hopefully Chris will be able to come, but that's the Alamance chapter, chapter report. Thank you for getting this together, and thank God I got off this mute thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. you great job. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot the most important thing. We have 28 active members with the potential of one new member coming from the next meeting. In the meeting, the lady who will be meeting during the member will be my fiance, Miss Lynette Petit. Hey, Woo! congratulations. Congratulations. All right. When, Thank you. Thank you. Hey, when are you getting married? It's going to be in October of next year, but we ain't set the date yet. Okay, cool. Well, that's cool. Great. That's great. Congratulations, Anthony. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So uh, that's the Elements chapter. Now we're going to invite uh, Kenny Durden, who's president of the Charlotte chapter. Kenny, take it away. I got a text from him that he was having trouble getting in, and I tried to call him and help him out and didn't get an answer. Okay. Okay. Well, Becky is the first vice president of Charlotte, do you think you could pitch it? I can do that. Um, we are sort of in a rebuilding mode and our focus, particularly since the, the COVID-19 put us all on the phones, which we were a lot anyway, we've decided to invite speakers from local agencies so that we could start forming some partnerships here in the Charlotte area. So we've had speakers from Disability Rights North Carolina 
who came on and a number of other uh, members from other chapters actually attended that call. Uh, and the impetus from, from that had to do somewhat with the uh, issues with the NIB um, workshop businesses, but they gave a terrific presentation and our whole organization is now pretty well connected within, with the disability rights. We also have had speakers from the Metrolina Association for the Blind and the local Center for Independent Living. And also uh, recently, uh, the person who is sort of the trans youth transition specialist locally for the uh, state services for the blind, Susan King, who actually has joined our organization. So that's pretty much the report. Great, thank you, Becky, for uh, helping Kenny out. Um, now, uh, for the Durham chapter, looking for Russell James, maybe, to raise his hand. James Russell. James, no, I'm sorry, James Russell. Yeah, got dyslexic on us. Uh, James Russell to raise his hand so that uh, he can be asked to unmute and uh, tell us about the Durham chapter. So James Russell is there because I recognize, I recognize the number, but I'm not sure why I, he's not I raising asked, his hand. I asked her to unmute. James. It's him. Okay. Well, some, I just Good asked morning. someone to unmute. Can you hear me? Right. Yes. 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 Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Good morning, all. This is the Greensboro chapter. Uh, name is Sandra Haywood. As of everybody's been speaking about the COVID, we have not really had a meeting since last year, I think. I can't remember if Tamika is on. But we did donate $500 to the SCAT provided for us picking us up every day back and forth to work. We got $500 worth of gift certificates to the Pizza Hut, and we give those to each driver of 50 drivers. Uh, and we didn't get a chance to do anything this year because of the COVID with our standard yard sale and bake fun and but we are doing a hundred dollar gift to each family, one hundred dollars for the month of Thanksgiving and a hundred dollars to a family for Christmas. And that's basically our report. Um that's that's it. And we just we're not having any meetings or anything because of the COVID. But we did want do one conference call. But we decided we would wait till next year until we go back full bloom with the meeting and everybody agreed to it. Okay, thank you, Sandra. And I that appreciate is that. Appreciate the report. And I believe if my alphabetizing is up to stuff that we are to our last chapter, but not the least, uh, the Raleigh Wake chapter. And for that, we can hear once again from President <laughs> Lawrence Clark. Mr. Clark. Welcome to the capital city of Raleigh, North Carolina. Well, this year we've done a few things. Uh, of course, the past Christmas and Thanksgiving, we fed a couple of families. And as we ran on over into January, I was thinking about how my chapter was going to still raise some monies. 
So we called Terry Lynn, and they had a way to do it where I didn't have to touch a thing, just make an email and send it to my friends. And hopefully I'm having some more friends to say, how can I buy some chocolate from the Raleigh Wake Council? Give me a call, 919-856-0034. We also had a city council member come out to speak to us about some issues we had on transportation. Uh, We um, also sent a couple of letters to the city of Raleigh speaking on uh, their employment practices and some of the issues they have on their applications, such as must have a driver's license, which is a block for most of us visual impaired persons. Yeah, and so you, you, you drove one time, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I loved it. My wife won't let me behind the wheel now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and let's see, now you clogged my brain. I can't think of the rest of the stuff we've done. Well, we gave a hundred dollar donation to Emmanuel Baptist Church where we used to meet, and we've had a couple of by telephone meetings, and we gave five hundred dollars to Ms. Jacobs for to help her raise the funds she needs for her double lung transplant. And that will sort of take care of the report from the Raleigh Wake chapter, 919-856-0034. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Diabetics need not call. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but, but that that does remind me that uh, although it wasn't mentioned in some of the other chapter reports, a number of our chapters uh, also donated both money and uh, toys and clothing and whatnot during the holiday season to help uh, local people in need. And uh, I think it I think it says a lot. Um, you know, people think that uh, folks with vision impairments and people who are blind can only be the recipients of charity. And I think we have shown that that's not true, that we can also give to those who are in need. And uh, I think that says a lot about the North Carolina Council of the Blind and its chapters, that we're not just uh, into receiving help. We want to give help to people. And we have done so both to our members and to people in our respective communities, um, including the food banks and others. So I think that is to our credit. And I think it uh, helps with how blind people and visually impaired people are thought of um, because we are people of ability uh, and not just disability. And our abilities allow us to do many things. Uh, and those things that we do include, just like other uh, people who have sight, include uh, supporting our community. And uh, I think that's an important message. And I hope that we uh, continue sending that message out. Um, so that 
essentially concludes our business meeting. I think we're a little early. Should we, uh, can we go to uh, Cindy Hollis? I want to go to Lacey Coward. Oh, Lacey, that's right. The, the, the door prize diva. I forgot all about it. I'm still waiting for my prize. No, I'm kidding. Oh, goodness. So your door prize diva is back and ready to find us another winner. And this individual, whoever the magical will of names selects, will be winning a $25 gift card from the Charlotte chapter. Um, I believe it's to Walmart, but I'm not 100% sure. So it may be a nice surprise. So the winner of that gift card is Tim Snyder. He will be receiving, we'll get his information over to Kenny, and Kenny can get that gift card out to him. All right. Congratulations, Tim. And we'll draw one more. This next one will be for a $25 Target gift card, and that's donated by Lawrence Carter. Uh, He was gracious to donate a couple of gift cards out of his personal fundings. And that one goes to... Todd Friedis. So, Todd, I will get your information to Lawrence, and he will get you that Target gift card in the mail so you can buy yourself something nice. Mm. And if you are listening via the ACB radio stream uh, and you would like to be entered to win some of these awesome prizes, you can do so by going to www.nccbinfo.org and registering for our convention, paying the little registration fee. And as soon as I see your registration come through, I will put your name on my magical wheel of names. Fortune. Lacey, how many more gift cards do we have to give away? We have, um, it looks like 13. I know. Is that oh, the, uh, the gift certificate from Guidelines and Gadgets that Barry Oh, 14. Schreiner, yeah. 14. <laughs> I think he's going to do that at the end of their presentation. Yeah, today. he's going to make yeah. it a surprise. Okay, cool. well, so there's I, 14. I'm, so stay tuned, awesome. I'm, I'm thinking, and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, follow our treasurer's advice, but I'm thinking with that, that many gift cards, we might do another one. What do you think? I think we can do another one. All right, Joe. let's do it. Go for it. All right. It's a time filler. <laughs> hours have spoken. <laughs> you stole so, my magic see. there. Our next one will be a $25 Visa gift card, which was donated by the chapter, at the state chapter. I had to think of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And funny enough, Chris Bell wins that one. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't think uh, that uh, sends the the right message. (laughs) You can give me my five bucks back there. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Uh, No, let's, let's, let's not give that to me and let's uh, spin the wheel again. All right. Tony Farida. Woohoo! There goes another Alamance name. Congratulations, Tony. Alamance rises again. Yeah. Ah. 
So, Tony, Joe will get that to you uh, in the mail. I'm sure she has Jane's address. If not, we'll make sure she gets oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Raccoon Run Drive. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lacey. Uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you, Diva. Yeah. Well, it's and about I think, 10, 10, I think we have um, just a little bit of time. For me to let you know that um, Cindy Hollis will be with us. So if you haven't tuned in, you better tune in quick or you'll miss her. Um, She's our whirlwind membership services coordinator. After that, we have a lunch break and the luncheon is of your choice. So Stay tuned to listen to music while you're fixing lunch and getting ready to come back at 1 o'clock for an afternoon of wonderful presenters, including Joel Schneider, the Audio Description Project Director. We'll also hear from North Carolina entrepreneurs Kate Franklin and Tim Snyder with his ministries. And John Samuel. With his digital access business. And guide lights and gadgets, as we've said before, and Vanda Pharmaceuticals. Hey, Joe, this is Monica. Yes, ma'am. I do have a couple of people with raised hands in the audience. Would you like that? Want to take questions? Sure. Sure. Okay, so I I will ask... Peter, to unmute. Good day, everybody. Um, I I do not have a schedule for this conference, so I was thinking that you folks might be talking about the uh, formation of the at-large group, and I've worked a little bit with Lawrence and and, uh, Chris on that. I didn't know if I should say something now because I do want to promote it. Um, Tell me what you wish to do. I think we're going to let Cindy talk about it. Um, and we want to put that probably in our looking forward discussion that we're having later on this evening. If okay, that's what, okay. What time would and, that be? Um, we are looking at around 8.15 or 8.20 for that. Is that not correct? I believe so. But Cindy's up next, so yes. stay tuned for... That's right. Don't yeah. leave. But it's well, a good segue, here. Peter. It's an excellent segue. Yeah, yes, it, it is, is an important issue. And I think it, is, it may be Peter. important to other affiliates as well. Yes. Okay. And our next question is from area code 512. Hi, I'm uh, Todd Fredis. And I'm talking to you guys via telephone because the webinar, because the host of the uh, um decline my webinar uh, registration, so that's why I'm talking to you guys by a phone. I want to thank you guys for putting me in the drawing like that. That was really nice of you to do that. Well, and you're a winner. That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Sorry if you've had trouble connecting with us. It's not your fault. You know, I'll, um, you know, so um, this is the first time I've ever been by by error code and it's um, my my error code is five hundred zero. I'm sorry about that. Uh, if yeah, I'm sorry, so no problem. 
I'll 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 unmute myself so other people can get me to uh, so other people can talk to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. No problem. Well, well we, city we, can fill up whatever time we have. Well, yeah. exactly. I, think Donna, <laughs> I think Donna Pramar had a question. I think I oh, heard her raise her hand, but I don't know. I did see her hand go up, but it's went down since, so I'm not sure if she still. Okay, Donna. Uh, hi, everybody. I just hey. had a question about the schedule for this afternoon. Do we have? I mean, I, I can't stay for the whole exhibit uh, world vendor, whatever you want to call it, the the list of exhibitors. So, do we have a schedule for what time certain yes, people are going I to be on? Yes, I can give you that. I can Thank give you, you that. Um, one o'clock is Vanda Pharmaceuticals. One thirty is uh, Guiding Eyes short audio presentation. One forty-five is Joel Snyder. Two twenty is Guidelights and Gadgets. Barry Scheuer and K.N. Rausch. Three o'clock is Tim Snyder and Spoken Word Ministries. 3.30 is Kate Franklin and Wagalot, her pet accessory business. And 4 o'clock is John Samuel with a, a number of business um, explanations, I guess you could call it. Thank you. And come back for the banquet where we will honor our scholarship recipients and we will welcome heartily Roy Samuelson, Audio Describer Extraordinaire, not to offend the audio describer from Australia, who's been joining us for our convention. Live on our stage tonight. Thanks, Donna. So our next presenter, and we are thrilled to have her, even though she almost never says no when you ask her to do something. <laughs> um, we are thrilled to welcome Cindy Hollis since the since she took over the position of membership relations, we have seen amazing things happen. Um, we could have laid down and played dead when COVID hit. Instead, ACB is thriving and expanding, um, and it's it's no it and it certainly has a lot to do with the energy and commitment that Cindy projects, and it's it's become contagious and. So you can see where we are on the community and Facebook and email and all of those wonderful things. So I am really pleased and honored to give you Cindy Hollis. All right. Thank you so much, Becky. Uh, good morning, everybody. I'm glad you are here and also have tuned in on ACB radio. Welcome, welcome. And, you know, I, I have about an hour, I think, so I intend to cover it with several different things. And I've been debating, do I talk about my three E's first? Do I talk about starting a statewide affiliate, quote unquote, at large chapter, or do I talk about the community? Hmm. I'm going to start with the community. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, COVID hit, and uh, it, it was a big change for all of us, really. And we didn't know what most of us thought it would end in a couple of months. And here we are six months later, and we don't know when it's going to end, right? We don't know when things will be, quote unquote, back to normal, and or what the new normal is going to look like. <clears throat> uh, but... Uh, and some of what I'm going to share 
I hope we'll, we'll take it into the next segment of my presentation because if you guys aren't already doing some of what I've started with ACB, I want to help you do it on a local level as well. Maybe not to the magnitude, okay? But uh, so in March, I met with some some folks. I invited leaders to get together and I wanted to make sure that people were thinking about ways to stay connected. We didn't know how long this was going to last. And at that time, I thought it would be just a couple of months. But I also know that it's really important to stay connected, chapters. It's really important for people to remember they belong to your chapter and to your affiliate. And if people don't feel connected, then, you know, there's there's a chance you're going to lose them, right? It's what's on your mind and, you know, you put your energy where um, you feel, you know, a part of something. I was going to say engaged, which is one of my E's. So we talked a lot about conference calls and utilizing them and whether it was to hold a meeting or to just have a social call. And we did 13 calls those last two weeks of March uh, because I had opened it up to the leadership list for ACB and said, hey, if any of affiliates out there are um, holding any kind of conference calls and you'd be willing to open it to the membership of ACB, let me know. I'll put a schedule together. I'll send it out. So I did that, and we had 13 calls in those last two weeks of March, and we had 88 in April, and up and through a good portion of April, I was hosting a lot of those calls. So I was, you know, the one that was kind of handling Zoom. And I will say, in all honesty, I had no idea really what I was doing. I was learning as I went because it was all new to me. I, I was not familiar with really the inner workings of Zoom. I know Zoom better than I've ever thought I'd know Zoom. Zoom and I are good friends. And I love Zoom because Zoom has connected me to all of you. It is why we are all here today. And uh, it is why our community has grown so enormously and effectively. And there's just, it's just been amazing. And um, so we had 88 calls in April and I brought on some people to be hosts with me and started doing some training. And uh, I think Monica, who was one of my first six hosts, can honestly say that I trained then like I'm not, I, I'm training now like I did not train then. <laughs> um, yeah, but we, you still did great. <laughs> thank you. Um, but we didn't know, you know, we didn't know a lot of things. So we just had to kind of, it's like when you have your first baby, your first child, you kind of go with the flow and you, you, things that are important really probably aren't as important by the third child, you know, and, um, but you know what is important and you're able to pull things out that and really focus on the stuff that's really important. And so I think that's where I'm at now. We have over 20 hosts now that volunteer with the community. I said that we had 88 calls in April. We had 160 in May, 223 in June. So you could see that this, you know, it's just continued to grow and it hasn't stopped this week alone. Coming up, starting tomorrow, we have 80 
calls scheduled. So um, we have 20 hosts that are helping with some of those calls, and some of them we don't have to deal with because they are on somebody else's server and other affiliates are handling with their own hosts. So our 20 volunteers aren't even handling all 80 calls. But I just wanted to give you an idea of the magnitude. We have we have um, seven areas that we have kind of divvied out the the uh, categor- categorized events. So these are some of the areas that we are covering in those 80 calls. We have probably about a third of them are social in nature. We have a few that are fun. And then we have some that are health and wellness, technology, topic-driven, uh, peer support, and what's my other piece, Cindy? Come on. Um, and, oh, my goodness. Anyway, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, personal development. There it is. All right. So we are, have categorized them just for sake of us knowing what it is that we are providing people. Uh, so what are some of the things that you might find in personal development? Well, it's probably a lot of our craft stuff. We have a lot of craft things happening. Uh, it might be our recipe swap. And it might be tips and tricks for around the house. Um, and what would you find in peer support while we have moving on from divorce, widows and widowers, uh, we have, uh, Tuesday nights with TIFF or Tuesday talks with TIFF. Um, uh, so there's, uh, we have, I can't think of the name of it, but there's a group that's meeting that's, uh, for people who've lost sight. Uh, later in life. So those would be our peer support. Uh, technology, we have uh, tr- we have a beginners on NVDA going on today. And we have, you know, technology questions. Uh, there's another technology one uh, this afternoon. Uh, we have a technology learning lab. And we have somebody that teaches the iPhone. And uh, so... Those are, and then we do Zoom-related calls to, to learn how to use Zoom. So those would all be under technology. Uh, Topic-driven, uh, people always ask me, would anybody be interested in this? And I always tell them, you build it, they'll come. You know, So if you bring a topic to me, we're going to put it out there and people will be there. And so topic-driven could be the joy of music, foodie fun, uh, Relax, remember, relax, reflect, remember. They go back and talk about the good old days, whatever those might be. Uh, But topic-driven could also be like the presentation that Chris did a couple of weeks weeks ago about the ADA or voting accessibility. So it encompasses, you know, the the fun and the serious kind of, but they're topic-driven. And then we have uh, fun. So fun would be like karaoke tonight. So if you've never been to karaoke um, and or if you've been but can't because, you know, 
COVID. Uh, come to karaoke tonight. It's a lot of fun. We usually have about 75 people in the room to start. And we have about 15 people that usually perform. And that could be from acapella, people playing an instrument, singing with their instrument, or it could be uh, uh, using a karaoke track and anything else people think of and just people come and have a good time. So we'd welcome anyone to join us. Um, it also is things like it's playtime or we did a dating game last week and in July we had a newlywed game and we have an open mic night on Wednesday nights. And so we're just trying to, you know, people want to have a good time and they want to get together and not worry about what they can't do, but focus on what we can do. And then we have these social calls and they are enormous in nature. Like we have seven coffee socials, one every morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. And we have different uh, people that lead those. When we started them, that was just me doing Tuesdays and Thursdays. And over time, uh, people have come. By June, we had one for every day of the week. And people would come and say, I'd be willing to do one on this day. I'd be willing to do one on this day. So, you know, it's it's just been an amazing growth. New people coming in. Our coffee socials will bring in 40 people, sometimes 50 or more. Um, our, our events can have anywhere from 10 to 50 people on them. And we have been known to close down a room where people can't get in, which means that we had 100 people in the room. And many of our events are streamed on ACB radio. And in fact, because of the activity and the level of participation and excitement and energy around our community events, ACB radio has designated a channel or stream just for our community, which is our community channel. And because of that, many of our events are recorded and our podcasts. And now we have our own podcast stream. And you can also find some of our, many of our calls since its beginning. And if it sounds chaotic when you're listening to a recording, it was probably up to through May. <laughs> I think, I think we picked up our game around the beginning of June. We did gaming labs in the month of May. So if you want to learn how to play games on your iPhone, you could go find those gaming labs uh, on acbradio.org slash acb hyphen events. You can also find a whole series, six different uh, shows that Tyson Ernst did for the Victor Reader. So there's been some amazing content that has come from this community. And out of a need for wanting to put gaming labs together, we ended up having a gentleman reach out and say he'd be willing to help with gaming labs, but he was also a certified Apple teacher. And Matt Volbrecht has been every Friday doing presentations on Apple products since May 1st. I think he's done 19 of them so far, and they're 90 minutes every Friday at 3 p.m. So I say all of this to let you know that ACB has been doing a lot of what I am going to talk about here when I talk to you about my three E's. We have been putting it to action, embrace, engage, empower. It's been happening at the ACB level, 
reaching out to members and non-members alike. Many people are coming in, learning about us. It's giving them an opportunity to come in and sit at the table and learn who we are as an organization and meet people. So if you think that your members can't get together, I'm telling you they can get together and it can be very impactful and meaningful and it's so important to get connected with your members and stay connected on a regular basis and if you're not doing it monthly I want you to start and if you're doing it monthly I want you to up your game and do it bi-weekly or weekly Um, you can't do it too much that's what I know and as you do get together via conference call people are going to want more and more and more and be willing to say yes if somebody has an idea say yes to the idea because that's what's happening in the community people are stepping up that maybe nobody else would have given them a chance but if somebody comes to me and says they want to do an event I don't say oh no I don't think that can be done oh we already have somebody doing that I don't say that. I say, when would you like to do it? Send me the date, the time, the title, and the description. I'll put you on the schedule. Again, we build it. They will come. And the community is not letting me down. They are not making a liar out of me, which thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. But they're not. Um, And people who are stepping up and stepping out of their comfort zone, uh, Monica here, uh, when she started with us, she was not a member of ACB. She is now a member of ACB. She was quiet, kind of my little raw, my little wallflower. I just, and, and now she just jumps in there and takes charge and she is going to be one of my host trainers. So this is what can happen when you allow people to, you know, put their wings on and give them a little bit of room to fly. And it is happening all over the place. Todd, one of your winners who spoke just a little bit ago, he's in California. Again, he has gotten involved in our community. He would have never known about and never come to your North Carolina convention if it hadn't been for all of these things that have taken place. And here we are doing it virtually and ACB radio has stepped up their game and they are offering all of the support you need and you know, all of that. And then we've been sharing your information and other convention information with our community on our email list, which we have over 1100 people receiving an email every morning from yours, truly telling them what's on the schedule for the day. And, um, And, you know, certainly I did this morning. I reminded people, don't forget to tune in to the North Carolina Convention, right? So we're sharing information about our affiliates this way. And it's just been a win, 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 win situation. So um, people have something to do. We have testimonies over and over and over again from people who say they wouldn't have known what they would have done if they had nothing to do all the six months because they couldn't go to work or they couldn't do their you know they couldn't go to the Y or they couldn't do their volunteering or they couldn't go to wherever it was that they were used to going to and their you know people's lives have been changed but now 
people are making connections in our community. People can tell you that they have friends from all over the country and even outside of the country um, because these are people that are coming on these calls on a regular basis and if you've not been on any of our community calls it is not too late and I promise you you will be welcomed and give it a couple of times and you'll start to get to know voices and names and where people live and they'll get to know you and it is just a beautiful thing so that's my first part that I wanted to talk about and I don't know I I guess maybe um, I want to share that if you are not on our email list uh, you can email me at community at acb.org it's a real easy email address community at acb.org just let me know you want to be subscribed and I'll subscribe you to that email list and you'll get an email in your inbox every morning from me with that daily schedule and in fact if you do it soon then you'll even get this week's full schedule with all 80 events on it um, later on today and so you can kind of plan ahead but every morning I also share tomorrow's uh sneak peek so I let you know I don't give you all the zoom information and the description but I tell you the title and the time so you have an idea of what's coming up the next day Um, today I sent out a weekend schedule and then I showed Monday sneak peek so that's how that works we also have a Facebook group for the ACB community that's grown out of you know what we're doing Um, and there's um, there's probably other things I'm not mentioning but I mean it's just been it's really evolved and it's organically involved never would in a million years could I have imagined that we would be where we are today but here we are and it's not I mean I I got the ball rolling but it's everyone out there who has stepped aboard and jumped on this train and added another car to the train and I've told Eric executive director who's also my boss said you know a lot of my job is trying to stay ahead of a moving train and that train keeps getting momentum and um so that's that's been a lot of what i do so uh before we move to the next piece do we have any questions about the community if you do you could raise your hand and i know monica would be happy to call on you Hey, could 510 hi todd hey cindy how's it going it's going good how hey. you doing my friend I'm all right. Um, two questions. Um, first of all, uh, could could you could you resend me the community link because I accidentally deleted it this morning. Second, uh, second of all, I really want to thank you for mentioning me um, as a part of your presentation. I'm very flattered that you would do that. Nobody's ever done that before. I want to. <laughs> I really want to sincerely thank you for that. Oh, of course, very, Todd. And and you know, Todd um, called just reaching out to learn. Thank you, Todd. He called to reach out to learn more about ACB and got him on the community calls, and he comes on a lot of them. So we're glad that you're here, Todd. Um, Okay, if there's no other questions, Monica, then I'm going to jump into my next. uh, Yes, you're you're good. 
Embrace, engage, empower. That has been my motto since I started with ACB June 10th of last year. Now, what I will tell you is that I do have some history with ACB. I actually joined ACB when I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, who is 34 years old. So I've been a member for 34 years. And at that time, I helped start a chapter. So we chartered a chapter in Bremerton, Washington. And um, I was a young 23-year-old and uh, really didn't know a lot about a lot of things and probably still don't know a lot about a lot of things, but I've learned how to pretend I do. And, um, but I became president uh, by by default, the president, I was vice president, and he upped and moved and left me president 10 months in. And I wasn't quite ready for that. But, you know, again, it seems like I get to learn a lot uh, on the fly and tried to learn. Wasn't probably very good at that time, but have since had lots of other opportunities. Thank goodness. Um, And eventually, I became president of the Washington Council of the Blind, which is one of the most vibrant affiliates, I believe, in ACB with over 400 members. And it's not a big state. So, uh, you know, but I've served as president of WCB for eight years non-consecutively. And uh, I also, during my first two terms, was on the Board of Publications for ACB and also served as president of then uh, Council of Families with Visual Impairment, now ACB Families, for I believe three years and have served on several uh, committees, including chairing some of the ACB committees, awards, and the Leadership Institute Committee, now the Burl Colley Leadership uh, Training committee and uh and uh co-chaired the auction committee and have been very involved in that so when i when i knew this job was coming open i was like that is my dream job now i did work in the blindness community most of my adult life and uh worked in school district as a paraeducator but taught braille and um And then I did that for 21 years. And then I worked at the Lighthouse for the Blind in Seattle um, for three years and then came here. And uh, so this, I will just tell you guys, this is really my dream job. And I tell people that there's one thing about, you know, if you're in the right place at the right time, it was the right place at the right time with the right skills and the right passion. And um, I, I truly believe that. And um, I, it, it was not, I don't believe it was by accident that here I am. Uh, it, so many little things in my life led me to there. And there was a lot going on personally at the time when this job came open and I was kind of hesitant about doing it. Um, and then it meant moving. So I moved to Minnesota and uh you know, but but Eric knew right from the start that that's not necessarily what I wanted. Uh, but I, you know, I did it for the job because I was so passionate about wanting to be in this role and to serve ACB and to work with people like each of you. And so um, the the beauty of things is that uh, Eric has agreed that uh, since I've been doing my job remotely for uh, the last six months due to COVID, uh, 
that I could continue doing that. And I am going to be moving next week to live near my daughter, that one I told you I was pregnant with when I started ACB. She also has given me three grandchildren, and they live in Michigan. And so I will be moving to Michigan in one week, and I am ecstatic um, that I can continue serving ACB and be near family as well. Uh, My heart overflows. So let's talk embrace, engage, empower. And I went through all of that because I want you guys to know that I have lived what I'm talking to you about. This isn't, you know, I'm not just reading a textbook or listening to some lecture from somebody that really isn't involved in ACB and um, and then taking what they're saying and trying to apply it. I'm going to tell you stuff that I've applied that I know to be true and I've lived what I'm telling you. And so, and I've worked with many of you out there um, in all of this. So, Embrace. What does embrace mean? Well, you know, for me, it means that hug I'm not getting. (laughs) Um, So I'm missing all my hugs. But that is a warm embrace, right? But it also means... It also means when people jump on our community calls that we make them feel welcome. When you're doing an in-person meeting and somebody new comes to your meeting, is there somebody there that goes over and introduces yourself to them and gets their contact information and follows up with them and makes them feel that connection and makes them feel welcome? Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a feeling, right? Embrace is a feeling of connection, really, really important. And part of that is also making sure that, um, you know, somebody doesn't sit alone. You know, I, I tell some of our larger chapters, you know, have an empty seat at your table um, or have a plan in place that somebody new comes in that somebody is willing to give up their seat so somebody can sit in that seat. Um, we all get used to sitting with our same cluster of friends. We're all guilty of it. You know you are, right? You go to a meeting, you go to a social event, wherever, and you find the people that you, you know, you find your your peeps, right? Your group, and you sit with them. But is there room for somebody new? Are you embracing people, people that have been coming to your meetings for three or four times in a row, and they don't have peeps yet? Are you allowing them to become part of your group, your circle. They are part of your chapter or you're hoping they will be. You guys have to work at it a little bit and make sure that people feel welcome. So that's the embrace part. And it's important because if I come somewhere and I don't feel welcome, chances are I am not coming back, right? How you make me feel, that first impression is really important. So, you know, Uh, come up with a plan in your chapter think about do you have a sighted member that can watch for somebody new we can't see each other maybe somebody comes in somebody sits them down in a seat and they don't say anything they don't know anybody nobody sees them they sit there nobody talks to them they're shy maybe they recently lost their vision we don't know their story because we don't know them and they sit there and then they leave and they feel still alone like they did when they walked in and we should make them feel changed. We should make them feel like they came and they are home 
in our chapter so or our affiliate or whatever it is that they've come to right um, they're home amongst other people who are blind or visually impaired and so uh, embrace that is the first word and the second word I want to talk about is engage so you know engage is uh, making sure there's an opportunity for people to give their input right um, share ideas uh, it's asking people for their thoughts on something and acting like you really care that they've contributed uh, it's inviting them to come to an event or a little get together at somebody's house or you know a game night or maybe it's asking them to join a committee or to work on a project then you're engaging them I am engaging our community by asking people all the time if they have ideas to share them with me, if they have ideas to bring them to me. And if they bring ideas, Chris can attest to this, I'm saying, are you willing to lead that? Because I can't, I'm not, I'm not in a position to go around searching for somebody to facilitate a discussion. And I don't even care if the person bringing the idea is the one that facilitates, but if they can go find the person to facilitate, then that's great too. So that's engaging people, right? We're engaging people when somebody, when we let people know that we have new hosts coming on board all times. And then people say, I'd like to be a host. And then I put them on my waiting list. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I accommodate all of these people that want to learn? And you can't teach people what we do with you know, 25 people in one hour, because we really need people to experience it. So I'm training trainers so that they can train people in those small groups. But we're going to engage people that way. And, and the more people get involved, the more likely they want to be involved, right? It's, it's like a snowball. That's what's happened with the community. And it can happen in your chapter. And a lot of times, this is where I think we can be using the community model in your chapters to do engagement. Engaging needs to take place all of the time. It can't stop because of COVID. So if you are not doing something on a regular basis, I want to challenge you I want to implore you to implement an engagement plan that is going to bring your members together via Zoom or whatever conference call mechanism you guys have in place. And, um, you know, you can start off with a social. Um, some affiliates or chapters do like a lunch bag lunch on you know a Saturday or they might do a book club and they get together and talk about a book or um, you could you know there, there might be a tech call where people bring you know information about a certain technology or uh, could be a cooking discussion uh, you guys can have it topic driven it can be social or it can be your meeting um, unless your constitution says it has to be a face-to-face -face meeting there's a good likelihood you still can meet in via conference call you're all still together so give that some thought and make sure you really know if you can or can't meet um, a lot of a lot of chapters are still meeting and and doing their thing running their meetings just via conference call 
the beauty of it is, is that we're allowed, we're, we're able to engage people, not just the same people that live in a specific area. We're able to engage people that might have barriers to coming to our meetings, whether it's health, transportation, financial, or something else. All of those barriers are torn away, torn down when we are doing things via conference call. And I believe that moving forward, many affiliates are going to find that we're going to be using a hybrid model as we move into face-to-face meetings. We're going to be including some version of these conference calls in with our face-to-face meetings to include people who cannot get there. What a beautiful, amazing thing that is coming out of all of what we've been going through these last six months. And uh, so that's engage. We want to find ways and learn about people. We, we, Engage people when we know what their strengths are, when we know what their interests are, right? We learn that somebody is really good on social media. Would you be willing to do a a call around social media? What would you like to talk about? You're utilizing their skill set, their interest, and you're engaging them, right? That's what's happening there. And you're allowing your organization, whether it's at the chapter or state level, to engage more people, bring more people in, and people will learn and grow and feel a part. It is, it's just an ongoing circle, you know? So, I, I, you know, Becky said that I have energy, and I do have energy. I will admit to you, I don't, I, I, (laughs) I, I think ACB like all the time. It's like an addiction. Um, my name is Cindy and I love ACB. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I live and breathe it and it's, and, but you guys, this is just, I'm, it's hard not to love something and be passionate about something when you see what can really happen when just a few things take place, you know? So, I am promising you, chapters, I'm promising you, if you open the door to a conference call and invite people in, people will come and don't be turned off if it's just a few in the beginning because then people hear about things. And if you have an email list, you let people know on your email list. And if you have a phone tree, by all means, I notice uh, probably two-thirds or more of the people here present in this Zoom room are on their phone. So call your members, right, and invite them to your meeting or get-together on, on your, you know, virtually. Do something to reach out to people. Um, and then, you know, if you 
are on social media, invite people that way and reach out to your library and reach out for the blind. Even your local library might be willing to post something on their community page about things that you're doing and check out your local college because they have disability support services and they may likely be willing to post something there because everybody's in the same boat we are. They're all working virtually. So, uh, you know, work, work with your state agency serving the blind. Look at your local paper or county bulletin boards that are online um, and see if you can put something there. So, and I bet you, you have somebody in your chapter that that would be their thing. Maybe they like to work behind the scenes and they'd be willing to, you know, scope out where you guys could post some of that kind of information. So, those are ways that you can work to engage. And when you engage and the more people you bring in, you have to go back to embrace, right? A lot of this is repeatable, right? You have to, you embrace and then you engage. And then you might go back to embrace and engage. And then there's the third part, which is empower. And empower is such an action word. Um, empower is what I believe I've been doing when somebody has engaged with me and they're interested in facilitating a call um, and they're not sure that they can do it, for example. Why, you know, if this is your interest area, why don't you do it? Don't worry about it. I will, Chris, I'm going to, I'm going to use you. Um, I said to Chris, don't worry. You don't have to know anything. You just got to show up. I'll have somebody that does the hosting. They they handle the Zoom. You don't have to do anything. I will post it. I will schedule the event. You just have to, you've got something you want to share. You just have to show up. I feel like I empower my facilitators because they don't have to worry about anything. I want them to be successful, right? We do that with committee chairs as presidents, we want to make sure, and if we're not doing it, we need to be doing it. We want to make sure that our committee chairs have all the tools they need to be successful, a good committee, that they know what the goals are. Maybe we need to work with them to get direction. Um, we want to make sure that they have all the information at their fingertips so that they can be successful. And we let them know before we call on them at a meeting so that they're prepared. That's empowering them and we don't want to throw them under the bus we don't want to ever call on a committee chair when we haven't given them a heads up that we're going to call on them because they may not be ready and so you know it's a good practice for us as leaders to think about how can we empower the people that we are working with to be successful right because if they are successful our organization is successful I am successful if you are successful. And if you are successful, then others are going to be, the event will be successful. And if the event is successful, then people are feeling engaged. And if people are feeling engaged, then we are doing our job to embrace. And it is a circle. And the final E that I have added to my three E's is effort. None of what I have talked about happens in the toolbox. You know, we have to take things out and actually work them. So I am not lying to you 
uh, it does take a lot of effort and some of it can be shared and you learn to delegate. I told you in April, I was doing most of the hosting myself. This week, I have assigned 20 hosts to help. So when people say, you know, you got to be, you know, give, let other people do stuff. I believe me, I'm not the one facilitating these calls. I'm on the schedule three times out of 80. Two of them are my Tuesday, Thursday coffee social. And one of them is a host and facilitating, hosting and facilitating training. So those are the three that I'm doing. Uh, The rest are people like you who have come forward and are offering to serve ACB. And that is, you know, what we need. And so there's effort on my part. And now I have an intern. And so I have effort. My effort is now putting work into her and to train her and to support her and to help her be successful so that she can take some of the weight off of me, which she is doing, and she can help me. And so I can do other things that are part of my job, right? So, but there is the the three E's, embrace, engage, empower, and then there's effort. So I do want to jump in really quick to talk about the at-large chapter and leave time for some discussion. So, People call it an at-large chapter, but it really would not be an at-large chapter. It'd be more like a statewide virtual chapter. So, you know, and there's some affiliates can come up with really creative names. So Michigan calls theirs the mitten chapter because Michigan is in the shape of a mitten. That's pretty clever, huh? So theirs is the mitten chapter. If a member is a member at large, they're not a member of any chapter. So, um, you know, and the idea would be that you would be converting your at-large members, people that have no place to belong, into this virtual chapter that's statewide. What I want to encourage you to do is to start creating some of these kinds of community calls where you could really get some of that engagement going because when you form a chapter there's a lot more work involved it's not just a gathering and it can change each week or each month there's got to be a lot of some specific things in place including leadership and it's important that you're able to engage new leadership not necessarily recycle your leaders from current members of other chapters if you want this virtual chapter to be self-sustaining and successful which I believe you would want so you know you obviously would need to have a constitution and meet any requirements of your state affiliate as a chapter and it also means you know then you're working on getting a bank account. And so there's a lot of logistics involved in creating a chapter. But it's doable. It's It's been doneable, so it's doable. And, and, you know, it can be a really positive way 
to engage new people to North Carolina and reach untouched locations in North Carolina that maybe are rural or where there isn't a current chapter. And eventually, it may even, uh, you know, create a physical chapter somewhere because you have enough people that start joining that virtual chapter, right? And they're from a, a set area and maybe they end up, there's a need that they would like to start getting together and then, you know, they might end up forming a chapter, right? So a lot of growth can occur from doing something like a virtual chapter that's statewide in nature uh, that is kind of like along the lines of our special interest affiliates. But I just want to encourage you to do some preliminary work before you get into the weeds of all of the logistics of elections of officers and constitutional stuff and needing a you know bank account and all of that take some time and put some work into getting the word out that you're looking to do this come up with some topics that you want people to learn about um, uh, or discuss and create either a bi-weekly or monthly connection virtually and see and measure your level of engagement and and get ideas and think about what can you do even better to bring in more people and work with your state library for the blind and work with your state agency that serves the blind and really think about how you can reach out to people outside of nccb um to uh, get involved in that effort because that's how you you know a virtual chapter is going to thrive and be successful is if you bring in some new people to help it continue and grow and it's you know we need to you know the people that do a lot of our work we all know this right it's a handful of people that do a good portion of the work. And if there's something else to be done, we go to those people that have already proven that they can do it, right? And, but we want to make sure, and I'm living proof of this. If you ask somebody to do something and they have to do, you know, if we only have 100% to give and we are giving 100% to A and now we're doing A and B, well, now we're giving 70%, 30%, maybe, or 50-50. And then we add C to it, and now there's 10% given to C, so that's coming out of something, right? And pretty soon, the person that you're pulling in that's already doing something with another chapter, they only have so much to give. And I'm telling you from experience and nothing new, I was doing a lot of different things before COVID and most of my time has now been spent on community. Didn't even, this stuff didn't even exist before March 16th uh, for me. And it has taken uh, my, my focus, you know, a hundred plus percent of me is really involved in this community event stuff, which is, you know, been great and it's good and I, all that, but 
there's other stuff that we had plans for me to work on that isn't happening. And, and so I just want to caution you in that regard that you want to make sure that you have a plan in place that's going to draw new people in and that you're able to measure the success and direction, giving yourself direction because ultimately for me to empower a new chapter you want it you want to set it up for success not failure so to set it up for success we want to make sure that we have something's already happening you already have the snowball moving so start meeting if you're not already maybe you already are but start meeting on a regular basis whatever you guys measure that to be you know whether it's bi-weekly i mean uh, yeah bi-weekly or monthly or weekly uh, however you decide to do it and um and do that and try and pull more people in and more people in because the more people you have when you actually start that chapter, especially who aren't already involved in other chapters, the more successful that virtual chapter will be. So I love the idea. I still have about 10 minutes maybe. Yes, um, so yes. I'm ready for questions. Yeah. Can you hear me, Cindy? I can. Hi, Monica. All right. How are you? You I'm did good. A great you sound great. Presentation. Okay, so guys, if you have questions, it's Alt-Y on your computer, Options-Y on your Mac, on your phone with a keypad, it's star 9, and if you're using an F, it's in the middle of your screen. And if you're a panelist and have a question, feel free to unmute yourself and ask. I, I have some other things I can contribute, but I was hoping that maybe um, Peter might, I, I think oh, it was I, Peter. I do uh, have a hand raised for okay. you, and okay. then Peter can. Okay, so we will go to Donna. Hello. Hi, Hi Donna. Donna. Hi. I just have a comment, not a question. Um, so honestly, Cindy, this morning when you were coming on, I thought, I'm, I'm not going to sit through this. And then I got really lazy. I didn't want to go do my laundry. And so I stayed. And I'm really glad that I did because I have to tell you, this is one of the most worthwhile presentations that I have attended in Aww. a really long time. Thank you so, so much. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, just, I just wanted you to know that because I, uh. I, um, I've attended a lot of presentations that were not relevant. And, um. Well, they weren't relevant. They were just not presented very well. And so... I just well, um, I'm glad. I'm glad, and I, my goal is for people to leave with, you know, yes. something that you you can. It's tangible, right? I mean, I don't think I said anything today that is not doable. Every one of you should know that you have, and everybody can play a part in it, right? Yes. Because yes. even if you're not a leader, you can make people feel welcome. Right. So there's I mean, everybody can do something and as part of this. Thank you, Donna, so much. I appreciate that. If you're not already involved in our community, I really invite you to uh, jump on because you will enjoy the heck out of it. It really is a great place to be. So, well, I am. Uh, <laughs> I do attend the calls on Thursday afternoons at three. I, I have arranged my schedule. Oh, is that the. Around- um, the, the tips and the tricks. House. Yes. Yes. Good. That's great. <laughs> so so that's, that's wonderful. So we do tips and tricks. Elizabeth comes on and leads a discussion and people share ideas and ways to do things. And um, it's, you know, I thought it would be a one or two, two, two timer, but it's a weekly event and it's been going on since I think May. So yeah, 
Uh, it's been great. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Peter, right. feel free to ask your question. Yeah, Peter, if you have any thoughts for me or anything you want to ask, I'd love to end. And more importantly, so it's okay, I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you have any questions that come up, any of you, chapter leaders, members, please feel free to reach out to me. My position, you know, again, I'm doing a lot in the community, but I'm here for all of you. I'm here to support our leadership. We have a president's call every Wednesday for state and special interest affiliate leaders, presidents, and Chris is a regular on that, so I'm grateful for that. So you guys, North Carolina, should know that your president is regularly involved with a peer-to-peer group of people that get together the presidents and we call it our hump day happy hour and lots of good discussion goes on and i believe it's really strengthening the leadership in our organization at least for those presidents that are being involved and getting to know each other and um and so that you should know that that chris has been involved in that but um Anybody can reach out to me. My email address is either chollis at acb.org, C-H-O-L-L-I-S, or community at acb.org. And either of those will come to me. And if you have ideas for uh, community events, share them. But also, just know I'm probably going to ask, are you ready to facilitate it? Uh, If you want help with starting community stuff in your local chapter or how to get started, whatever you guys might want help with and starting a calling campaign, whatever it might be, I want to be here to serve you. So you just reach out to me and I'll do my best. Cindy, this is Peter. Yeah. Hi, Uh, Peter. What what a wonderful presentation that really hit the mark, uh, especially the uh, empowering and engaging. That's something I've been uh, doing it for quite a long time here in my local community. I'm in Beaufort, North Carolina. I'm right on the coast. I'm about halfway up the state. Um, I have been working off and on here with Lawrence Carter and Chris, and my goal was to go ahead uh, when my busy schedule had cleared up some, and it's starting to clear up a little bit, um, to go ahead and get an at-large virtual Zoom um, meeting to go ahead and get an at-large chapter here in North Carolina. Anybody who wants to contact me, contact me. My email is Peter with a period. Crumley, it's spelled C-R-U-M-L-E-Y at yahoo.com. So it's Peter period Crumley at yahoo.com. Or uh, if you can't remember it, shoot it to Lawrence. Lawrence will forward it to me. Um, But I've been given, I think, 20 names, including myself, to go ahead uh, that are the at-large members currently. And I have formed uh, an email list and I plan to be getting something out to everybody this week to uh, engage a little bit and start things up. Um, I'm looking forward to it because I really feel like this is the group that can make some change that I've been looking for. Um, And uh, I have been involved with a fellow at-large member by the name of uh, Bill Graham in Raleigh area. And we have started Blind Voices Coalition a couple of years ago. And it's, it's a group that's kind of uh, changed a lot. So I've learned some stuff from that. Um, but trying to move forward and just uh, uh, getting 
the rest of the blind community to get engaged and be self-advocates because oh. um, I can't do it myself. Nope. Um, I'm, I'm, Nor I'm should you, tech- right? Nor should no, you. I mean, no. none and of us I'm, can I'm, do it ourselves. And I wanted to say that I'm very technical-oriented, and that's my passion. And, and I have a couple big projects I'm working on with some partners uh, here in Beaufort. So uh, I will talk more about that at some point. But I, I do appreciate and I will reach out to you, Cindy, for some Please help. do. Please do. Um, Don't so hesitate. That's, that's okay. where I'm at. I wanted to go ahead and pass okay. it on to everybody and just give an update that, yes, it's starting to happen. And uh, we will move forward. All right. Well, thank May you, Peter. And I look forward to you uh, reaching out to me. You can ask your question. Um, Cindy, it's Joe Tolliver here. Yes, and I am just really passionate about the at-large, um, what do you call it, state, state, statewide chapter. Mm-hmm. And I've been talking to a couple of other at-large members. And um, it seems to me that one of the ways to connect is to... Um, Make sure that alliance with ACB is solid and that we can feel free to call on you guys for support and help before we start going our own way and not paying attention to what our state laws and bylaws are, etc. So I know Peter is saying that things are going to start to happen. But, Peter, if you would like some help, um, I'm happy to make phone calls if I can get those numbers and emails. Well, and I'm I think glad that, to assist. I think that um, creating a team is always good and breaking up some of the work. Uh, and, you know, again, one of the things that when you're creating a virtual statewide chapter that is – you know, and you don't want it just to be people that are all already members. I mean, it'd be great to draw in new members, make this a membership tool for your affiliate. Um, but there, there could be somebody that's working, you know, maybe, you know, picking my brain and there could be somebody that's doing some of the logistical stuff and there could be somebody that's doing some of the PR stuff and trying to find ways to reach out to people outside of the NCCB community and, you know, and, and, coming up with maybe a schedule of, you know, what are we going to cover over the next, you know, ABC weeks or whatever. So I, I think it's something, it, this this is not a one person uh, starting an, affi- an affiliate or a chapter, even if it was local, it's not a one person, you know, task. So again, I really encourage you to, my time I know is up, but I really encourage you to work together don't hesitate to reach out to me and just remember embrace engage empower and my email address the easiest one is community at acb.org please reach out to me i'm here for all of you thank you so much thanks well it's now the top of the hour of noon so and it's time for us to adjourn listen to some wonderful music over ACB radio or to grab lunch and be back at one o'clock. Right, Becky? Yes, you are correct, Joe. Thank you. And we'll see you back at one o'clock. 
Enjoy ACB Radio's lineup of wonderful music. Come back at one and we'll hear from Becky. And she will introduce our Vanda Pharmaceutical speaker. See you at one o'clock.